0: In January of 1959, ten hikers set out on a three-week hiking trip into the harsh Ural Mountains of Russia. All except one of them will never make it home. Hello and welcome to Dark Fury. Today, we bring you the case of the nine hikers who perished in an event that has come to be known as the Dyatlov Pass Incident. A case so mysterious that experts the world over are still not able to piece together what really happened on that mountain pass to this day. Close your eyes. Plug in. Listen very closely. And tumble down the rabbit hole of mystery. Intrigue. Conspiracy. The bizarre the sinister, the unsolved, and twisted tales that blur the boundaries of what we know to be real. This is Dark Theory. The Ural Mountains is a 2,500-kilometer stretch of mountains in west-central Russia, known for its stunning natural beauty, its flora and fauna, varied topography, and the indigenous Mansi people who has lived along its slopes for thousands of years. It is also known for its long and inhospitable winters, with temperatures dropping to as low as minus 35 degrees Celsius in the months of January and February. Ten hikers set out on a skiing expedition in the northern Ural Mountains in January 1959. Leading the group was 23-year-old radio engineering student, Igor Dyatlov. The then unnamed pass where the unexplained death of him and his teammates has since been named after him. All members of the group were experienced grade two hikers. This is an important detail as this establishes that they know what they were doing and that they are no stranger to the conditions of the Ural Mountains. Which then makes what happened to them, as you will hear, all the more puzzling. On the morning of January 27, 1959, the group set out into their expedition. The next day, Yuri Yudin, one of the members of the expedition, suffered a knee injury and was deemed unfit to continue. He was forced to abandon the rest of the expedition and return to the nearest town. While he was broken-hearted at the time, he will soon find out that this, in fact, was a blessing in disguise. This is where it gets dark. The seven men and two women remaining in the team proceeded with the expedition as planned. But the day that Yuri Yudin was forced to turn back, would be the last time that they would be seen alive. On February 20th, days after their scheduled return, and with still no sign that they or anyone from the group had returned, a rescue team was dispatched. Eight days later, rescuers found the group's camp on the slopes in an area called by the natives as Kola which ominously translates into English as Dead Mountain. Was it coincidence? Or was it dark foreboding of even darker things to come? What rescuers found and saw at the campsite that day would be the subject of decades-long investigation, debate, mystery, and conspiracy. The hiker's tent was found half-buried in snow, badly damaged and abandoned, but inside remained the team's supplies and gears still neatly arranged. Closer inspection revealed that the tent had been slashed open from the inside, suggesting that the team was trying to escape from someone, or something, from within. Outside the tent was a set of nine footprints, some made by people with a shoe on one foot and a sock or barefoot in the other, while the other footprints were made with socks, while the rest were barefoot. In the dead of winter, and at minus zero temperatures, what the footprints suggested was that whoever, or whatever it was that they were running away from, They were trying to get away from in a panic. Following the footprints, a mile and a half northeast of the campsite, at the foot of a Siberian pine, rescuers found what looked to be obvious remains of a small campfire. Next to it were the bodies of two of the hikers, Yuri Doroshenko and Yuri Krevinoshenko. Both were shoeless and wearing nothing but their underwear. One of them had bitten off a piece of his own knuckle. One can't help but think, what could have been so terrifying that running away from it very poorly dressed in the snow and dead of night seemed a more attractive option. Not far from the two were the remains of three other hikers. Rustem Slobodin Zenaida Kolmogorova and the group leader Igor Dyatlov. Lying several hundred meters from each other, the positions of their bodies were found and suggested that they were trying to return to the tent. Kolmogorova had a long bruise on the side of her body. Slobodin had a fractured skull. mysterious findings at Dyatlov Pass when we come back. Mabuhay. My name is Christine and I am the host of Lagim, a Filipino true crime podcast. Every other Friday, I tell Filipino true crime stories that took place in the Philippines. I love doing deep dives into both infamous and lesser known cases. And I like to include as much detail as possible to give listeners as complete a picture of a crime as I can. Lagim has just concluded its first season and will launch Season 2 on the 2nd of July. So make sure you listen to Lagim on your preferred podcasting platforms, such as Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or on YouTube. For more information, follow us on Instagram at Lagim Podcast. And now, back to the episode. It was not until May of that same year that the bodies of the remaining four hikers were found. They were found in a ravine close to a creek and buried in snow. Like the first five, most had inexplicable injuries and were found in conditions that open more questions than experts and investigators are able to find answers to. Three of them had fatal injuries. Two had chest fractures, two had major skull damage. According to investigators, the injuries were so severe that the force required to inflict such damage would be similar to that of a car crash. Complicating the findings is the absence of external trauma. There were no soft tissue damage or open wounds or the hikers had broken bones. One of them was missing her tongue, eyes, and part of her lips. Zolotaryov was missing his eyeballs. Koletayov had a twisted neck and missing his eyebrows. And some of their clothing had extremely high traces of radiation. So what really happened to them? One of the first theories was that they'd been attacked and murdered by the manseed. But, not only are the Mansi people very well known to be peaceful but there are no motives that can be established for them to do so. The set of footprints also only corresponded to the number of hikers and no extra set of footprints to suggest that an assailant was present was found. Another popular explanation is an avalanche. But this is also countered by the fact that the amount of snow in the area at the time the bodies were found are not consistent with the amount usually found in an avalanche. The mountain slope where the hikers had set up camp was also found to be too shallow to actually cause one. Some have also speculated that they could have been killed by a large animal. The only predator in the area was a brown bear but the incident having occurred in February meant that bears would have been in hibernation. Other theories bordering on the dark and paranormal include KGB involvement, a failed secret Soviet missile, and Yeti. People have also reported seeing strange orbs of light in the sky around the time of the incident. But of course, if you have nine dead bodies with unexplained injuries and unexplained traces of radiation on them, an alien or UFO theory wouldn't be too far. In 2014, the infrasound theory was put forward in trying to explain what happened to the hikers. Infrasound is a phenomenon caused by rare, unusual wind conditions that can lead to feelings of unease, an anxiety, terror, or in some cases, madness. But just like all other theories relating to the Dyatlov Pass incident, the infrasound theory failed to deliver anything conclusive. Russia's first post-communist president, Boris Yeltsin, and a former student at the school that the hikers went to, also believed that the truth about what really happened at Yatlov Pass had been covered up, but even he failed at uncovering what really happened. The death of nine hikers in the slopes of Death Mountain 60 years ago continues to fascinate, mystify and baffle the lot of us experts and spectators alike. But if scientists, investigators, and a former Russian president is not able to bring a plausible explanation with absolute finality, it is safe to say that what really happened at tyatlov Pass will remain there forever, covered in snow and in whatever mysteries lurk in the unforgiving Russian Wilderness. Dark Theory is a self-produced podcast based in the Philippines. All topics discussed here have references available in various forms of media, the internet, and the public domain. This podcast does not have an agenda. If you liked this episode, follow us on Spotify and on our social media accounts, Dark PH on Twitter and Instagram.